This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. How are you guys doing? Well, for offering, I'm just going to tell you, look at all that we have going on. I watch those and I'm like, wow, we're doing stuff for the little ones up through the big ones. So where else would you want to invest your money? I know Pastor Evan and Matt talked about financial health and part of our financial health. How can we ask for God's blessing if we're not doing what he's called us to do in obedience and that's to give towards the kingdom and support the things that are going on in the kingdom. So that's all I'm going to say for offering is be obedient, right? Be obedient. There's a lot going on here. Plus, you guys know, um, I talk about it at Offering all the time. We take 10% of everything that you give, and we send that out all over. This community, I love when I hear, we were out at the jail yesterday, and one of the girls was telling me something about the Dream Center, and I said, yes, we support the Dream Center. And she was like, you do? We do with all of our money all of our tithe money. So God is good, and He. this is good ground to plant your seed. Amen? Let me say a blessing over you. Father, I just bless the ones right now, God, who are obedient, Lord, and giving, Lord. I pray, God, that those that haven't taken that step, you just give them courage, God. Give them courage to tithe and give and support your kingdom, Lord. And I just pray financial health over all of those, God that honor you with their giving in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are going to continue our Thrive series. Uh, I'll just tell you all, the devil came and tried to steal my voice. Hadn't happened in, I mean, I have not been sick in many, many, many years at all. And uh, I literally lost my voice totally. If you think this sounds bad, you should have heard me like Friday. So it was, and it's the most frustrating thing. I, I, like I said, I was at the jail Monday and the girls were so concerned that they're like, we got to pray for her voice. She's got to have her voice. And you're right. I have to speak three times in the next week. So Satan is not going to win. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, when you came in, ushers, do you have these? If you don't, could you grab them? We need these. If you did not get one of these papers, um, our ushers are going to have them for you. The reason I have this is so you can write things down. Tonight is going to go to a pretty deep place, okay? Give them just a second. Uh, hold on, I'll have you raise your hand in a second. We're going to go to a pretty deep place about emotional healing. I think that's why the devil did not want this to be, he didn't want to take my voice. He did not want this spoken because he knows healing is coming to this house. This is a house of miracles and healing is coming. If you did not get one of these handouts, if you'll just raise your hand up, our ushers will assist us with that. So just keep your hand up till they come. I'm going to talk until then. Um, We've been talking in these past few weeks. Hasn't this Thrive series been good? It's been so good. And uh, do y'all know that Pastor Stormy's uh, speaking to the teenagers tonight? That's good. So if you got teenagers, they're getting to hear Pastor Stormy, even though he's supposed to be on sabbatical for the summer, he's uh, not very obedient in that area. But just keep your hands up. They're going to get to you. Anybody else? 
So this summer, we've been talking about lots of different kinds of health. So I'm going to start in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. And y'all are going to have to write fast because I got a lot of things. There's pins in the seat back in front of you. Luke 10, 27. Jesus asked, he asked, what is the greatest commandment of all? What's the thing we need to do? And here's what he said. The man answered and said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus told him, yep, that's it. That's what he wants us to do. That's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord in all these ways. So this scripture right here tells us we are multifaceted beings. We're not just spirit. We're not just soul. We're not just our mind or our body, but we're multifaceted. In fact, even that fifth one there, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's part of our facet too. We're covering all of these things in this Thrive series this summer. So your heart is the spiritual part. So write that down on your little paper. Your heart is the spiritual part of you. So when you hear the Bible talk about your heart, that's your spiritual health, okay? Your soul is your emotional health. So again, when you hear scriptures that refer to your soul, it's talking about emotional, the emotional part of you that God made. Your strength, that's the physical part of you. If y'all did not listen to those those, uh, weeks that they talked about the physical, you should go back and listen to that because that's part of us is honoring God with our physical body. Our mind, this is the mental part of us. And then our relationships, it's not on there, but I included it because he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Our relationships are the social or relational part of us that everyone has to have. We're talking about all of these this summer. If you have not watched them, go back on Facebook or YouTube, find our podcast channel and listen to those. We're talking about emotional health this week and next. And then after that, we're also gonna talk about an area that we don't talk about in church very much and that's mental health. And don't we need that after what we've gone through? I mean, just have the news on for five minutes. And we need to talk about being healthy mentally. So that's going to be after this emotional part. So we're going to address these topics as a church. These are much needed topics. And denying any one of these five areas is denying that whole person that God made us to be. See, we're made in the image of God, right? says that in Genesis. He said he made man and woman in his image. And we're five-part beings. And that's how God is. He created us this way. If we deny any one of these, if we just say, oh, my body's not important. I'm going to ignore my body. Guess what? You're probably going to die young. Because that's a part of us that we're supposed to take care of. We're made in God's image, as well as our mental abilities and our emotional, okay? All of those different areas. So remember our key scripture for this whole series is 3 John chapter 2. 
We've read it to you every week in different translations. New King James says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So loving God and others well are the whole point in the thriving in our lives. That's what God wants us. Why do we have good emotional health? So we can love ourselves, we can love others, we can love God. That's why we, we uh, are whole mentally, so we can love God, love ourselves, love others. God wants us to prosper and be in health. And guess who our example is of good emotional health? Jesus. Jesus came and he was a man here on this earth. It said that he was made, he was 100% man. So guess what? He had to deal with the same emotional stuff that we had to deal with probably on a much higher scale because of the drama that his life was, because of the mission that God had given to him. And Jesus was able to express his emotion with unashamed, unembarrassed freedom. I know this might be a revelation to some of you out there, especially any of you of the male species that was maybe taught when you were a little boy. Boys don't cry. Little boys don't cry. Or maybe you had a mama who said, suck it up. Don't be so emotional. And I get that we can, we're, there's a balance in this, okay? Some of us are more emotional, and we're going to talk about this balance. But we are called as emotional beings. And Jesus was unashamedly emotional. You, were, you may be thinking, really? Was he? I'm going to real quick look up here. Here's some emotions with Jesus. He shed tears, and I have the scriptures up here. He was filled with joy. He grieved. He was angry. Sadness came over him. He felt compassion. He felt sorrow. He showed astonishment and wonder. He felt distress. Pretty much most of the emotions that we will deal with in our lifetime, Jesus dealt with those same things. He dealt with emotions in a very healthy way, and we've got to learn to do that too. Here's a big key, and I say this a lot. When we continue to stuff our emotions and feelings inside, which is what most of us do when we're not expressing them in a healthy way. We're stuffing. We stuff them, and we stuff them, and we stuff them, and we ignore them, act like they're not important. Guess what? We're going to do two things. We'll either start to leak out gradually on our relationships. What does that mean? That I mean, you're just going along, and you just, you know how when something leaks, you're like, oh, like my husband spills coffee all the time. D knows this. He, they have a little spot bot that they use because if there's a stain on the ca our carpet in the office, we know it's him because y'all heard him say he doesn't use lids. But it just leaks out. You know, he'll just be walking and coffee just happens to leak out. Well, some of us, if we've stuffed our emotions and stuffed our emotions at the most inopportune times, they seem to just like leak out onto the people that we're in relationship with and Usually the people are like, what's wrong? What did I do? Usually they didn't do anything, but we're so full of our emotions because we haven't expressed them in healthy ways that they're just leaking out. Or even worse than that, 
is we explode suddenly. When we don't have room to stuff them anymore, guess what? The volcano sometimes hits. Have you ever met someone like that, that all of a sudden, and it, it could just be a small thing happens, and boom, you wonder, where did that come from? Well, many, many days and weeks and months, maybe years of stuffing and stuffing and stuffing, and we explode. Also, when we stuff, guess what happens? It comes out. Some of that leaking out can be in addictions. Some of that leaking out can be in causing pain to ourselves. Y'all know that's a big thing with teenagers is the cutting. Adults as well. And you're like, why would anybody cut themselves? They say that as they cut it's like part of that pain that they've got on the inside that they don't know what to do with and it's got up to here and there's nowhere else to stuff when they cut. It's like some of that is released. Listen, church, we don't need, we don't need that. We don't need to stuff our pain. We need to learn to express it in a healthy way. See, if we deny our pain, our sadness and feelings, over time, all we are is an empty shell. And sometimes we can paint a smiley face on. Uh, last week I was in the office and someone I've known for a long time, a girl that grew up here came by. And I came out and hugged her and said, how are you doing? And she had this smile, literally. And when I, when I was writing this, I thought that was her. Because she had this, I'm fine. I mean, literally it was this, the fake smile. I said, how's things going? And, oh, we're good. We're, everything's just good. Well, I know it's not good. I know some personal things that are going on in their life that are, they're pretty tragic. She's been through a lot the past few years. But there wasn't a time. There, she wasn't free to express those feelings. We can't do that. We can't stuff. And we can't just ignore and deny you know, uh, I've seen something really interesting. We're going to talk about emotional maturity. And I'm going to give you a resource at the end where you can go and kind of judge yourself. Because some of you may be thinking, I'm pretty good in this area. I'm, I'm pretty good emotionally. And I'm going to give you a resource where you can actually go and you can check yourself out. And see where you're at emotionally. Are you at the baby stage? Are you at the teenager stage or are you doing pretty good and you're emotionally an adult? But I've seen something really interesting. Have you ever met someone and you're like, man, they're really immature, emotionally immature. A lot of times something happened in their childhood. I've seen this over and over with abuse. That at the age that they were abused, be that nine girls, sometimes it's around the age of 12 when they just start coming into puberty. It's like their emotional development stops at that age. Out at uh, Lubbock County Detention Center a few weeks ago on a Saturday, uh, me and Monica and uh, Sydney got to go out and we got to baptize uh, the girls in our pod. And there were about over 50 of them that got baptized. And when we went, there was, we're in this small little classroom, 
And on the back row, there was a girl that was new. And she was sitting there, and she couldn't sit still. She was, like, shaking like this. And she was tiny, little bitty tiny, you know, all the, all the marks of probably drug use and abuse. And she's just shaking, and uh, she's, she's fiddling with herself. And so um, I went up. They started worshiping, which just made her more nervous. So I just got down on my knees by her, and I started talking to her. And uh, her name was Taylor. And so I talked to her about Jesus. She'd never asked Jesus to come into her heart. So I got to pray with her to receive Jesus. And um, that was great. Then she got baptized, which was great. And I will tell you, we saw her. She was only there about three weeks because when we went Monday, she was gone, which I was kind of sad because I don't know where she is now. But for those three weeks, I saw God move in her. But she said, my street name is Little Bit. And her voice was like this. And she, she had all the uh, behaviors of a very, very young, like 11, 12-year-old girl. And it was very obvious that her emotional development had stopped at that point. But I saw God, even in those three weeks, begin to do a work in her as she was soaking in the word. There's a great movement happening out at Lubbock County Detention Center. Y'all should pray for them. It's, it's really great to be a part of it. But we want to grow emotionally. So how do we know if we're emotionally immature? Up here, you're going to write this. Our ability to process anger, sadness, or hurt will reveal how our emotional health is doing. Our ability to process anger, sadness, or hurt will reveal how our emotional health is doing. Those are things we all have to deal with. Anger, sadness, and hurt. Probably on a daily basis. If you didn't get to do that today, guess what? You're probably going to get a test tomorrow. And we all need to know how to process that. Because it happens to all of us. There is no rose-colored, you know, path, you know, rose-covered path that we all walk on as Christians. Like, we never have another problem. That would be great, but that is not the reality. We live in a fallen world. And we live with brokenness. We're all broken. And so, how do we process that? Our ability to process pain and sadness and hurt that reflects how mature we are emotionally and where we're at in our emotional health. And God wants us to mature. It's hard work, let me tell you. It is hard work. It's not the easy thing. The easy thing is just to ignore things and act like they never happen. But that's not reality. It will sneak back up on you and you will have to face it one day. Anything we bury, guess what? It comes back up. There's nothing hidden in God. He wants us to be healthy, so he doesn't want things buried. This next part, we mature spiritually. When we allow God to heal the emotional pain on the inside of us and surrender it to his loving care. I love that. When we allow God to come in and heal the pain on the inside of us, and surrender it to his loving care, we're going to mature spirit, spiritually and emotionally. 
And I listen to this. We cannot be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. We cannot because we're that being that's all connected. And let me tell you, I've seen some pastors. I've seen some great ministers who were able to speak great messages. They may have been evangelists. They may have been going out and they could, you know, light a fire under people. But their emotional lives were a wreck. And they were not whole. They were not whole people. God wants us to be whole in every way. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and socially. He wants us to be those whole beings created in his image. So he wants us to be spiritually mature. Now, how do, how do we have emotional pain? How does emotional pain come? Listen, you guys could tell me. Y'all have been through some things. When I look at you guys, the ones I know something about, you've gone through some painful experiences. You've gone through some things that are hard to walk through. And I know it's caused you emotional pain. Some of you, there have been destroyed relationships. Some of you, there's been loss. Some of you have lost children. I cannot even imagine walking on that road. Some of you have suffered with disease and sickness, maybe from a child. Some of you have been abused. Some of you were abandoned by a parent. Hurt comes in many ways. And the, good, the thing you have to remember is God is good, always. And he doesn't cause the pain in our life. He's the one that heals it. Okay, we have an enemy in the world. And the enemy, the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But what does God come to do? Give us abundant life. John 10, 10, if you need a reference for that. So God's not the one that brings the pain. But pain presents itself to all of us. All of us walk through painful times in our life. And guess what the enemy's after? Just to cause you emotional pain? No, you know what he's after? Your spiritual health. He wants you to deny God. He wants you to blame God. That's the whole, if you've ever read, suffered through reading the whole book of Job, which is awful to read. But the whole thing is Satan's trying to get him to deny God and blame God for the bad things that have happened. Church, let's don't ever do that. Let's don't blame God. He is our healer. And he's the one that brings good into our life. Yes, bad things happen. But God is good. I want to show you the spiritual effects of carrying emotional pain. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 13. <clears throat> From the Passion Translation, it says, A cheerful heart puts a smile on your face, but a broken heart leads to what? Depression. See, sometimes we wonder, why are people depressed? Why is there depression in people's lives? Because there's brokenness in our hearts, and we have emotional pain. The Amplified says, A heart full of joy and goodness 
makes a cheerful face. But when a heart is full of sadness, the spirit is crushed. So our emotional pain has a spiritual effect on us. Psalms chapter 147 and verse 3 says, this is so good, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, healing their pain and comforting their sorrow. Yes, we're going to suffer things. Many of us have suffered through death, maybe death of a loved one. And we're like, God, where are you? He's right here. He is walking through it. It says that he heals our broken hearts, binds up our wounds. He's right there with you. He's right there with you no matter what you faced in your life. So at this point, I'm going to just assume everyone in here is serving the Lord. If you have not given your heart to Jesus in this room, online, that's step one. Step one is to surrender your heart to Jesus. We cannot do anything in and of ourselves. That's always our starting point, is letting Jesus come into our heart. So if you didn't do that, our prayer team's going to be down here after the service, and you come up and pray with them. You pray a prayer of salvation, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. But let's just get past step one, okay? And we're going to talk about some identifiers. We're on this spiritual journey in our life. Let's look at some areas in our emotional discipleship journey that could possibly need healing in our emotional lives. So this, I'm going to call this symptoms of emotionally unhealthy spirituality because we're all on a journey of spirituality, a discipleship journey to grow with Christ. That's our goal. So what are some symptoms that we may be unhealthy emotionally? Number one, this is so interesting, using God to run from God. Using God to run from God. What does this mean? See, God isn't interested in just our proximity to the church. He isn't interesting that, now, yes, we want you to serve. And there is great rewards in serving and doing things for the Lord. But that should not be, you should not be so busy doing all the things that you're avoiding intimacy with God. And letting him get close proximity to your heart. Not just to all that you're doing. Okay, we can have all the action in the world. The Bible calls that works. Works does not save us. We can do all the things. But God wants our love. He wants us to come to him and surrender. So we can't use and just say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm doing this for God. Listen, we all have some broken places in us. We all have places that need healing, and we all need to come in times of worship and draw near to him. We can't just um, work for him. We've got to serve him with our whole hearts and give him our whole hearts, give him the broken places in our lives. I want to ask you a question. When's the last time you responded to a sermon, to maybe a podcast that you heard? Maybe a time of worship? Tonight was awesome. Didn't they do a good job leading us into the presence of God? When was the last time that you responded in your heart 
And I just looked around and thought, okay, hurry up. They've had 18 minutes of worship. They should be done. But when was the last time we really responded to the Lord? And you can do that. I mean, I see Mandy and Miss Alice as they serve in media sometimes back there. I see them back there worshiping. They got one hand on their mouse for the computer, keeping the words going, and they're worshiping. We can respond to the Lord. That shows that we want to be near him. We, we want to be in his presence. We're not trying to avoid intimacy with God. Because that, would, that shows that we're spiritually, or excuse me, emotionally unhealthy. Number two, oh, I want to give you this example, I forgot. When we were at youth camp a few weeks ago, oh my goodness, y'all have heard a little bit of it. I've never f- experienced a move of God like we had there. If you want to go back and look, it's on Youth for the Nations, week three. And if you, you can watch each of those services. From the first night, they jumped in and got deep. And the second night, they went deeper. By the third night, I'm telling you, it was, it was the most amazing thing. The third night, we're worshiping God. It's gone an hour. Worship, and you don't even know it. Kids are, they would stand in line, not to get good seats. You know what they would stand in line for? Because we had assigned seats. Our kids would stand in line to run to the front to get close to the altars. And so, I mean, half the kids would be in the seats. The other half were up at the front worshiping. And about an hour into worship, one of our teenage girls ran to Pastor Sydney and I. Literally, we're sitting in the back that night, kind of in that area. And she runs down. And she's, and I'll just tell you. Sometimes the girls, you know, she had done her lashes to go to camp and looked all pretty and done her makeup for that night service. She was a wreck. She was a wreck. One of her eyelashes was hanging off. And she came to us. And she said, I'm ready to surrender it all. She said, I'm ready. I mean, she's sobbing, bawling. We're talking like, I'm looking for Kleenex. It's so bad. She is The Lord just moved. She wasn't just wanting to be up at the front because she was up there just to be, you know, doing the works, jumping around and saying, oh, yeah, I was up the front. She let the Lord really come in and get intimate with her. And there is a change in her. She fell on her knees and we prayed for her. And God delivered her from some pain from her past. That's what God wants. Number two. Ignoring anger, sadness, shame, hurt, and fear will affect us emotionally. I talked about that, that some of us have been taught, you know, don't show your feelings. Other of us, I grew up in the spirit-filled church in the early 80s. I don't know if any of the rest of y'all were there. And they made it like feelings were terrible. You never talk about your feelings. You never you know, depend on your feelings. Your feelings mean nothing. It's all faith. And yes, I'm a faith person. I learned faith in Bible school. I believe in faith. And faith is over feelings. But there is still a place, God. We can, guys, we cannot deny sadness. I'm so proud of, if y'all know who Sadie Huff Robertson is, she's the... Uh, granddaughter of, y'all help me, Duck Dynasty. She has a platform. Your teenage daughters need to follow her on their social media. 
because she is speaking about Jesus and about things. I saw this morning that she got on and talked about. She just had her first baby, and she got on and talked about the sadness that she felt. She went through severe postpartum depression. And, you know, not many people in the church, not many Christians are talking about that, yeah, sometimes we are sad. Sometimes we walk in in darkness and a dark cloud's over us. And guess what? When we deny it, when we hide it, we're going to be unhealthy emotionally. We cannot deny these feelings. We need to be brave enough to let God shine his healing light on our broken places. Some of us are hiding. We're like, no, God, I don't want to go up there and worship. I don't want to get close because you might see. God, guys, he knows everything about us. And he's just waiting for us to open up and let him come in to our broken places. To the degree This is on your paper. To the degree that we are unable to express our emotions, we remain impaired in our ability to love God, others, and ourselves well. Because we're cutting out a part of our humanity that we were made in the image of God. If we deny our feelings, deny these things, We're cutting that part of our life out. Can you imagine? They went through, did anybody else get their trees cut? (laughs) Gary Bender and we've had this discussion. They're laying new um, blacktop. I don't know what it is. Our streets are very nice, but guess what they did? If your tree hung over, let's say this is the uh, easement, the curb. If your tree, any part of the leaves of your tree hung over, guess what they did? They sent a company and they chopped off all the trees. So you go down our street that has these beautiful trees, they chopped. You can see a part of our trees are missing. They look terrible. And it's not healthy. Guess what? When we deny our feelings, it's like we chop off that part of our lives. And we're not healthy and we look funny. We're not a whole person. Let's keep going. Number three, we're almost done. Denying the impact of the past on the present. This is a big one. And we're going to talk a lot about this next week. And I'm going to give you a homework assignment. And this can be a very hard part. Because family secrets are firmly locked away behind closet doors. And Most people don't want those skeletons getting out at all. See, when we come to Christ, we are born again into a new spiritual family. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says the old man has passed away, the new one has come. Yes, we all know that. And that is what happens to us spiritually. Our sins are washed away. Yes, we are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But we cannot think that our past is not going to influence us. Some of you have wondered, why do I keep doing these things over and over again? Why do I think these things? Why do I have these behaviors? A lot of times it's because we're denying that there's things in our past that we've got to go back 
and look at, this is exactly what Pastor Stormy preached. How many of you have heard him preach? The last few weeks he talked about breaking generational curses. We can just act like, oh, that doesn't affect me. Uh, my, my dad was an alcoholic and my grandpa was an alcoholic and before that, my great-grandfather was an alcoholic, but that's not why I have a problem with alcohol. Listen, there's power in the past and Jesus, yes, he breaks those things, but we have to let him go back and not deny that the past has some kind of thing over our present, we have all, we've got to look at it. And I'm going to give you some tools to do that. I'm going to hurry right now. See, we're all shaped by our families of origin. Our families of origin. How many of you in, in here were adopted or raised by someone other than your biological parents? A couple of you. This, this can get a little bit... Um, difficult for you because you may not know anything about them. We have a family member that was uh, rejected by his biological father. They didn't want him. They wanted his sister. They didn't want him at all, at all. And he pretty soon, a stepdad came along and uh, married into the family and raised him as his own, which is a, an amazing story. He was a little boy. But did you know those seeds? There were seeds of rejection planted in him. And they didn't really talk about it. In fact, for many, many years, no one even knew, except for family members that were aware, you know, aware way back then. But for many, many years, that was not spoken of. They didn't talk about it. And I'm a firm believer, if, if a child is adopted, you tell them how much they were loved and valued and wanted. And God had a plan for them. And when, one day, if they're ready, they can go and search. Doesn't always turn out great. But they can go and search for biological families. But this man, to this day, is suffering from some effects of some rejection. Way back when he was a little boy. And I talked to him the other day because there's been some things that have happened and lots of people are like, why, why, why? And I said, maybe you need to go back and look at that and see what do you need to break? What do you need to get some healing on in your life from that? Okay, number four, the symptom of emotionally unhealthy spirituality. I'm almost done. Covering over brokenness, weakness, and failure. Most of us want to put on this image that we're this uh, strong Christian. We're Miss Susie Christian with no problems. We're, you know, Steve Christian that doesn't have any problems. That's not truth. That's not reality. I hope you don't see that from Pastor Stormy and I's life and our staff. We are real people. And y'all give us grace. Now, are we in known sin? Absolutely not. But are we perfect? Absolutely not. And we talk about things and we don't ever want to cover over the brokenness that we've come from. He talks a lot about he was an alcoholic the first five years of our marriage. And it would have been really easy for me to leave him. 
That's a whole other story that I don't have time to get into now. But we try not to cover over that. That's part of our testimony, is what God has done in us. Okay, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. This is where Paul writes about that thorn in his flesh. He was given a thorn, some kind of weakness. It doesn't say most of us are looking like that's a thorn. We don't know what it is. It could have been a weakness in his moral character, something that he kept doing. Could have been a physical ailment. The Bible doesn't say. But it does say that God told him. When he was broken and he felt weak like we do, what did God say? Verse 9, look at it. He said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. That is so good. The Bible does not cover over. The, it doesn't put a spin on all the broken people in the Bible. Moses was a murderer. Peter rebu rebuked God. Noah got drunk. Jonah was a racist. Jacob was a liar. Thomas doubted. All these people show us that God accepts us even in our brokenness. So why hide our weakness? Why hide our brokenness? The last thing, the last symptom of being emotionally unhealthy is not living with limits or boundaries. We must have healthy boundaries in every area of our life with ourselves. So I have some questions. If you don't discipline yourself, Who's going to do it? Now, when you have little ones, you're disciplining them. You should be disciplining them. But y'all are adults now. Who's disciplining you? Besides God and y'all aren't listening to him. Sometimes I don't listen to him. We've got to have boundaries. What areas do we not limit ourselves in? A big thing with Americans is food. I mean, if it looks good, if it sounds good, I mean... I, you can't watch TV like late at night. I'm trying not to eat. I'm kind of hungry, but I'm like, I don't need to eat this late. But what, what are all the commercials that come on? Whataburger. I don't even like Whataburger. Chicken. Go get a chicken sandwich. Frappuccino. You need this. You deserve this. See, if we don't limit ourselves, it's going to affect us in our life. How about the area with our phone? I mean, you can find anything on here. I mean, do you limit yourself on what you look at? It's easy to stumble onto pornography. It's easy to have relationships and text people and send messages that maybe nobody else sees, but you know. God sees, are you limiting yourself? Do you have boundaries around areas of your life? It protects you emotionally. When we limit ourselves and we place boundaries, we don't have, shouldn't have to have other people do it. We should do it ourselves. But that protects us emotionally and with other people. This is a big thing. If you have not read the Boundaries book, read it. Where does my responsibility end? And someone else's begins. If, we just, if we're a doormat and let everyone take advantage of us, we're not going to be healthy emotionally. All right, to end, your last thing. One of our greatest obstacles in knowing God is our lack of self-knowledge. And we can't become self-aware if we cut off a part of our humanity out of fear of our feelings. We cannot be afraid of our feelings, okay? 
God, let God come into your feelings. Let him help you express them. And the last thing on your paper, change comes by being completely vulnerable and brutally honest before God. Our prayer team's gonna come up here at the end. If you, I know this was a lot, and guess what? Next week we're going even deeper and we're gonna talk about how do we go back and look at the past? How do we solve some of these emotionally unhealthy things? I gave you two resources on the back here. There's a website that you can go and there's an assessment if you're like, I don't know where I'm at emotionally. It, there's a little 15 minute test that you can go and look at. This next thing I gave you, it's called a family genogram. If you think there might be some kind of generational thing, everyone has it. Every family's broken. I don't want you to just fill in names. You start with names, but I want you to go in and look at patterns in your family's history of unhealthy ways of thinking, ways of behaving, Maybe there was divorce, things like divorce, anger, abuse, uh, pride, racism, prejudice. Um, what are some of the other things? All of those things you go in. And so as you write down names, start filling that in. I'm going to talk about this more next week. So if you would bring this one back. Let me pray for you. Lord, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that each one of us would be healthy. Healthy spiritually, healthy emotionally, physically, mentally, God, socially. We want to be full beings that you've created us in your image. Lord, any area of our life that needs healing. I pray that you would just shine your light on that, God. We would have the courage, God, to come towards you, God, and be in your presence and let your healing power, your healing grace just cover us. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.